Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's me. <laughs> She's taking me out shopping and all that. <laughs> Make me try on dresses. Aye, so you're going to be trying on dresses to walk <laughs> on sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> Episode 231 of 20 Minute Tims, and I am joined by Stephen. Good evening. And Melly. Yes. And I am your host, Jamie. And you've heard us talk about it a million times. Patreon.com slash 20 Minute Tims is a platform that allows you to support this podcast in exchange for additional podcasts and videos. Over on Patreon, we do full Celtic coverage. We've got great Celtic features. So if you like the Monday podcast and you want to support us in some way, you can go over and check that out at patreon.com slash 20 Minute Tims. The monthly support starts from less than the price of a McDonald's Happy Meal. You can't say any fairer than that. Um, we had a support lot of fan media, folks, is the important message. Support fan media because you've seen the alternative, you don't like the alternative, and if you don't support fan media, it'll go away and you'll be left with Chris Boyd forever. Forever <laughs> oh, no. and ever. Oh, no, and Charlie Nicholas and Chris Commons, that's what you're going to be left with. Is that what you want? Because that's what's going to happen. So that's it, support fan media. That is the message from this podcast. We had a really good time on the Patreon last week covering a lot of the Celtic games um, on last week's podcast guys the main topic of conversation was the team's form the future of the manager and the performance of the team since then we've booked a place at the Scottish Cup final we've dispatched Aberdeen at Hamden to do that we put in a worthy performance against Lille so I suppose the big question on this week's podcast Stephen is are we seeing Neil Lennon turn this corner? I thought the question was going to be, what were you worried about? Which you probably <laughs> fitting the should be. Uh, yeah, I mean, yes, of course, of course, a couple of uh, positive performances are going to do that. We don't dig our heels in here. We, we don't just stick to an agenda no matter what. If the week's performances have been good, then of course that is, that is signs of turning the corner. It's a start. There were five games into this sticky run of fixtures that we flagged up a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and, you know, we hadn't won a game prior to Aberdeen. So that is... That's a, an alarm. I mean, I don't want to go over the overboard here, but it is form, a, a dip of form worthy of talking about. But to be totally honest, I've thoroughly enjoyed this week. It's been great. The start of the week, before we'd played a game, before we'd played any football, you know, the, the usual headlines are creeping out, all the sensationalist stuff. You know, Neil Lennon bites back and he's, he's having a go back at this and he's fighting back it. And I thought, oh, we're in for a, another long week in Timdom here. But on the, on the pitch, it's very positive indeed. Melly, we did say last week that Neil Lennon had two games, or he had not two games to save his Celtic job, but perhaps two more lives left, um, and we were going to give it to the international window. Obviously, the result against Lille didn't go our way fully, but it was a good res- it was a good performance, and a lot of people were saying before the game that you know the performance was maybe more important than the result. Do you think, and obviously Aberdeen at Hamden, we'll talk about both these games in a bit more depth when we get to them, but Aberdeen at Hamden, I felt like Celtic were in control of that game for the full time, more or less. Are we, do you think we're seeing Neil Lennon turn the corner? I'm not sure. This is maybe why I didn't want to get carried away last week and say, look, Lennon has to go, because a week is a long time in football, as we've seen. We wanted to give him this international break. It was two games uh, this week, and good performances in both and good results in both. If Before the Lille game, if you had to been offered a draw away at a team that is still unbeaten in the French league in all season, you'd have snatched the hand off you. So I'd have taken that and then going to Aberdeen, beating them 
fairly convincing. Much like the Rangers game where we felt that was coming, I felt the performances this week were coming as well because, I, as I said, I was starting to see shoots of positivity going back to the four-two-three-one suits us and more, arguably more importantly, we were getting key players back as well and we've seen what they can do. I found most of the coverage from the mainstream media anyway to be to be somewhat negative. I know the lamestream media exactly. to be somewhat <laughs> to be somewhat negative about Celtic's trip to Lille. Nobody really gives Celtic much of a chance, but all the reporting after the game was Celtic let a two-goal lead slip. That although that is true, there were certainly some positives there for sure, Melly. Oh, definitely to go to Lille and storm into a two-goal lead, and we've seen with Celtic. What we can do is, how many times a season have you said, Stephen, that Celtic didn't turn up in the first half? Yeah. We were absolutely tremendous in the first half and Blair highlighted it on the scout report eh, we done on him that you can get at them if you press their full-backs and win the ball back. We got a goal from that, so Celtic obviously done their homework, done their work or on them. Or to our podcast. Or yeah, yeah. to our <laughs> yeah, podcast. Yeah. We're doing Celtic's homework for them, maybe. Maybe that's what's happening. Possibly. So they've been listening and they found a way to get, get at, get at Leo and... Going into the game, I was just think, please get a good performance. Don't go out there and get absolutely drubbed. But the more the game came, got closer to the game, I was saying, we can get something out of this and it can maybe spur us on to something. And look, we did. Going up 2-0 is a very tough ask in any team in Europe because you're going to get the inevitable onslaught and that's what we got. And to be honest, they were a very good team and a draw was a fair result. But Celtic were well worthy of the point as well. There was a lot of talk pre-game about Neil Lennon's shape and his tactics and particularly, you know, his, his team selections were coming under a lot of scrutiny in the past couple of weeks. I thought in particular our shape was very, very good. I thought we we took into account that Leo were going to be a good team. We were well organised. We were compact in midfield, Stephen. There was, and, and the way that Celtic approached the game, not just the result, but the way they uh, we approached the game, it gave me cause for positivity. Yeah, and I suppose that proves out in the, the first half performance. As Melly said, it was absolutely excellent. And Leo dominated the opening exchanges in terms of possession but from memory I think they only really threatened from a free kick that drew a decent save from Bain a kind of one-handed thing and maybe they had another uh, one decent save Bain but in terms of them cutting Celtic open I don't think they really managed to I think it goes completely against what we've seen from Celtic recently and that they take quite a while to get into games in the last maybe month or so the, the first halves haven't been they haven't, haven't been the better of the two halves for Celtic uh, in previous performances, but with huge chances. Could arguably been more at half-time. You, you even look at, I know it was well offside in the end, but Ayeti oh. had the ball in the back of the net. It was it was well offside, but it was it was obvious that Celtic were giving Lille something to think about. I thought I thought Ayeti made a real nuisance of himself in the game. I thought he was excellent. I thought he was such a handful and, and his contribution to the goals was, was key. This is actually Neil Lennon's fifth attempt at putting well not fifth attempt that's perhaps a bit unfair but this is Neil Lennon's fifth different midfield three this season so he's had five different midfield combinations that he's tried out and obviously settled on um, McGregor and Chalmers Brown against Leo Melly yeah I think it was the the right decision uh, in domestic games I wouldn't play that because I think you need somebody more forward thinking than that and more somebody more of a number 10 but in this instance it was ideal Scott Brown sat in front of the defence with Encham and McGregor ahead of him meaning they could link up with the attacks and with Christie and El Yunusi on either side they come inside giving us that sort of box in there and then our full backs can go on so Celtic were quite compact we didn't leave a lot of space in midfield it's something we've been critical of Celtic midfield in the past in Europe that were one pass and were opened up in the midfield yeah, but yeah. I didn't see that this time I thought we were very compact and because our two fullbacks get forward this was perfect for it because we moved into that sort of box and condensed the space the fullbacks could go on both fullbacks are really good so I'm happy to see that happen and Christy and Elianusi got involved in the game as well so the, the formation was perfect for me and as Stephen said Ayeti done a lot of the hard work up there himself but held up the ball and brought other players into play Brilliantly, I thought he was tremendous. Maybe if he had to get his goal, it would have been the perfect striker's performance, but he just didn't get that. But his all-round play was great for me. I was really encouraged to see Neil Lennon mix it up and not just go gung-ho or not do maybe what Brendan Rodgers used to do in Europe and just try and impress our game on Leo. You know, Neil Lennon obviously studied the opposition. There was a lot of analysis of the opposition. He knew how to get a result out of this game and, and it worked. Celtic have actually lost only one of their past 11 away matches in Europe. Is that, Is that a good result? Yeah, it's very impressive considering what we've seen in the past from Celtic and the old the European away stuff. Yeah, I mean, we're having... We've experienced years, years upon years of not being able to get a result away in Europe. So that is an encouraging stat. Melly, you mentioned them. You said it was encouraging to see Moli and Rousseau get involved in the game. 
Uh, I think I'm falling in love with Mohamed Ali now. Say, three months I, too late, lads. But uh, join, come on, come join me. He's scored with three of his four shots on target in the Europa League this season. His first goal, however, in particular game, this game is absolutely sublime. But you'd mentioned it. We'd mentioned it on the scouting podcast. This is a thing we do. If you've if you're not familiar with it, listeners, is we commission a professional scout to look at Celtic's European opponents. And one of the things that Blair, the scout, said was, as you touched on earlier, that Celtic could get a lot of luck if they put pressure on the fullbacks. And that's how our first goal came about. But that touch from a Yeti to play Moyle Lenusi through was a thing of absolute beauty. Oh, it was perfect. Absolutely perfect. And when Elianusi is going through there and Cham's up there with him, a Yeti's beside him, which makes the defence back off a wee bit and not they're not quite sure what to do because they've been caught in the counter. And the finish from him is unbelievable. Not for me, because I love the guy and I know he's got it in the locker. He saves himself for these big games, but it was an absolutely smashing finish. We know he's got that, we just want to see it more. But now we're seeing it, when he's playing in his natural position out in that left-hand side, he's got a striker up there who can hold the ball, win things, feed him early and go. And with Christie on the other side, I just think it was all about Celtic getting the balance. And we've got that recently, and that's why we've seen these better performances in attack. And Elianusi's finished was brilliant. It's horrible seeing these games behind closed doors. Yeah. But when you hear that hit the back of the net, you can appreciate how good a goal it was in the silence of the stadium. Stephen, do you think the key to these performances when we get out Elianusi recently is getting him back into his more favoured left-hand side position? Yeah, probably. I know we've all given him credit for being able to play a variety of, of positions, but sometimes it's only when you see the guy back where he belongs that you get the, the best out of him. Elianusi is a... A competent enough player to play in a, a couple of different positions, but I don't think there's, well, certainly not in my mind, I don't think there's any doubt that his best position is out on the left, cutting inside. He, he can play off a central striker or maybe a wee bit more withdrawn in a number 10 role, but, you know, I, just, I think we lose a lot from him in that case. And I think we've spent a long time this season wondering what's wrong with him. You know, he's in poor form. He's 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 fallen off a cliff. He's got this big reputation and he's no delivering. And then as soon as he's back out onto that position, all of a sudden he's a completely different player. There's no coincidence either that Elianusi's hit a decent run of form when he's got Laxalp behind him as well. A guy that can power yeah, on, go past him. He goes inside. When he had Greg Taylor there, it wasn't quite working. And when he's up front, he's only got one guy beside him. Whereas if he's in on the left-hand side, he's usually got a number 10, he's got a striker and he's got a, a full-back going beyond him and a midfielder supporting him so we can get those overloads that we used to get. Whereas if he's just up front or in the 3-5-2, it doesn't really work for him, I felt. But just Laxalk's made a difference and it's helped Elianusi's game definitely for me. So you've had one complaint about the goal though. The keeper didn't go for it. I always feel it doesn't look as good when the keeper looks, doesn't move. Doesn't it, it look, See if the keeper's at does. full stretch and the ball's bending around them. Oh, like, pathetic for the keeper. <laughs> he, he had to have some small victory. A wee note as well, we get a wee assist off a guy named Selick in the build-up. <laughs> they right back. Is that Merman Selick that used to play for Rangers? Was, it, was that that? <laughs> one, was of, it one of the last signings of the banter years, Merman <laughs> Selick. Absolutely <laughs> tremendous. I hope, hopefully he's a relation. I thought he was a cracking player, incidentally. Just a, a final thing on a Yeti before we move on is that it's a point I made on our live preview show that we do for our patrons on Patreon before the before every kickoff. 45 minutes before every game this season that video and content we are bringing to the game this year that video content can I just say I've interrupted myself before I've even finished my point but seriously good fun doing the, the previous show by the way it's chaotic at times as some people might have seen with some of the outtakes videos but an awful lot of fun to do it is live oh, and anything can happen but it's been brilliant so far I really look forward to it but what I said on that uh, that broadcast was that I'd been watching the Liverpool game the previous night and they have Roberto Firmino, who's a guy who is established in this front three, an absolutely top-class front three, but he never scores. And the English media or you know wider fans never get on his back about it because they can appreciate that he brings an awful lot to the team that isn't just goals. He, he, he's great at finding, finding space and his link-up plays like second to none. You don't get that allowance playing in Scotland at all, do you? You're either scoring in every game or you're a downright flop. And all the all the articles are starting to creep out already. Oh, there, there's something wrong with um, a Yeti. There must be more to him than this. See, we, he wasn't even in the door and Charlie Adam was saying he's not of a level we expect. But I, I'm sorry, but I'm not scoring in that game. As Melly's already said, if he'd scored, it would have been the perfect performance. But the amount he provides, even off the ball or holding the ball up or his link-up play, and particularly a, a lovely touch in the build-up to this goal... 
all that is very, very important. It's not just about getting yourself on the... <laughs> I'll be on the score sheet. It's, it's not just about that. He provides an awful lot. As you say that, Stephen, like, Firmino, I can't remember what it was, but it was either home or away. It wasn't until the last game of last season that he actually scored. was his first goal at home or away in Europe. So it's something that's not really picked up on. But on a Yeti, after watching that game the other night, now, I love Odston Edward. We all do him. But I'd make we a all, case we that all, I We'll do him. <laughs> <laughs> Freudian slip there. <laughs> it's true. What did I say? He said we'd all he said do we'll, him. We'll do him. We all love him, you know what I mean. But I'd make I'd maybe make the case that he's more effective at Albina Yeti away from home in Europe. He offers us more because he gives us mm. that hold up that Edward doesn't get. Now we all know Edward's a great player. He can change the game at a drop of a hat. We've seen his goal in Copenhagen and all that. But a Yeti offers us something completely different away from home and it's maybe a wee bit more effective. And this is where Neil Lennon earns his management money. When things are not going right and a player's not performing, you either find a position in which he can perform, Elianusi, or you pick him out of the team and swap him around to get someone else who can come in and perform, Stephen, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it doesn't just stick to the, the tried and tested. His trusted lieutenants, such as a certain Mr. Gordon Strachan might have done right back in the day. Players, that he's right good, good teammates. teammates. Yeah. No, no, I totally agree. And it, I mean, Elianusi was absolutely brilliant in this game. It goes without saying... Yeah, the goals are very obvious. That's what you're obviously going to focus on and it's going to grab most of the headlines. But I'm going to work the guy puts on as well. See, see when he's in form like that and really firing and motivated, he absolutely puts in a shift. And I know that's a kind of, it's not the most insightful thing to say, but I feel like it's an important thing to say because you don't necessarily attribute a guy who is known as a creative player, like a winger who gets on the score sheet more often than not, you don't really focus on the amount of work he puts in. And I think El Unicity deserves that to be flagged up on occasion because he absolutely works his ass off. There's a couple of players on the previous show that I'd said needed to... Well, I don't want to use that, use the phrase, but I said they needed to either use the facilities or leave the bathroom. <laughs> yes, <laughs> kind, okay. of, kind of what I said. Um, yes. Deposit uh, or leave, yeah. Deposit or leave. Uh, Mo El was one. He certainly deposited. A Yeti was one. He certainly deposited another player. Was for, and just before people jumped down my throat, I didn't mean leave the club. I just meant maybe get dropped yeah. out of the team. Um, and another one was Frimpong. I thought his performances somewhat were lacking a wee bit. But he was another one who put in a really good performance. And what I've, I've noticed with Frimpong recently is as well, he's, he's obviously getting instructions to, if it's no working for him in the wing, come inside. Come inside and create an overload in that area in there. So he was doing that a lot in the Leo game, but I thought Frimpong was really good. Yeah, and it bore out in his assist, what we've been crying out for him to do. It gets himself into great positions. Have a look up, son. Have a look up. And he done that. And the run from, because we have a Yeti in there causing havoc, Elianusi comes in behind him, right into the centre, drops off, gives him a shout. Frimpong looks up, perfect ball in. It's a hard one, a harder one than it looks to take that. And Elianusi finishes. It was a great goal because that's what we've been crying out for. Just Frimpong, get yourself into these great positions and look up and see if he can do it away from home against Lille. He'll be able to do it in Scotland, no bother. So it's just good for him. And as you said, Jamie, he's, he's changing his game up a bit. We've seen in the Aberdeen game a few times, he came inside and then towards the end of the game, he went back in the outside. It gives defenders something to think about. He's not just one-dimensional. So he's improving. Frimbong was much better, I thought, in this game because you're right. I think a lot of people were kind of getting on his back, including we're we're never been guilty of getting on Frimbong's back, but I think we have been critical of his performances recently, particularly his at times just no good enough final ball. It's just poor, and I know we've given him a lot of leeway being a developing young, you know, exciting player, but some of his final balls, particularly against AC Milan, were just no good enough. So, but quite aside from getting forward and getting assists in this game, and he set one up for Ayeti as well. He just headed it over the bar from quite close range. It was a pretty decent cross, and Ayeti just got under it. What is very important in these games, because it's a question that came up earlier on, and we were talking about the perception of the result because Celtic went in there two goal lead, and then you know quote unquote surrendered it and drew two each. I don't think that tells the full story of the game. What I think is important to remember is that. For the last probably half hour of that game, Celtic were under an absolute onslaught to the point where I was watching it and I thought this could end up 4-2 or something after us being 2-0 up and you know that's that's what Lee were looking like. But what Frimpong can sometimes provide in that scenario is the ability to just gain a few yards. See if you're able to get it to Frimpong and he can get us up the pitch a wee bit, even if he just runs into a blind alley and, and wins a throw-in or something, 
it takes the pressure off just that tiny amount for us for Celtic to get back into their positions and back back focused and just take that that as I said that onslaught off. And it's a like wee game bit management as well. It's like exactly, game management yeah, we're all talking it. about in the Aberdeen game. You know, being a bit smarter, using players yes. like Frimpong. We saw it again in the Aberdeen game at Hamden with Lee Griffiths. Maybe a wee bit, maybe a wee bit premature. When Lee Griffiths yeah. ran the ball in the corner with about six, <laughs> right. six minutes to go. But you're right, right Stephen, it's, it's utilising these players and, and thinking mm-hmm. about the game a wee bit more and having a bit more confidence. Even though Neil Lennon said there's nothing wrong with the confidence in the side, I, I don't necessarily believe him. I don't think he's going to come out and say, I have got six guys in there bereft of confidence. He's not going to, no. he's, I don't no. think he's going to say that. Um, a boy who's definitely not lacking in any confidence, though, is Diego Laxalt. Oh. What? And what a performance. Now, you could tell this was one of these performances that I'm surprised people only started talking about it after the game somewhat because we, we were discussing the game on the Discord and I'd said to him, I need to see Laxalt stats after this game because he's on fire tonight again. Yeah. 13 tackles, 77 touches, 88.5% pass accuracy. The 13 tackles is the most that any player has made in the Europa League in <laughs> a single say, match. Quite literally Since, a record-breaking performance from Laxalt. It was, yeah. Absolutely unbelievable. And did we not see a couple of weeks ago we think people might be sleeping on Laxalt? I can't remember if we did. But he has been the best player on the team since he bought, since he had joined. Yeah. The best player on the team since he joined. What Laxalt is, is he is just a, a significant upgrade. He is just a, an Pierre absolute... You're, you're dead right. You are <laughs> <you're> spot on. <laughs> I haven't gone quite to that that extent just yet. Right, what Laxalt is, is yet another proof. If it were needed, he is the latest in a line such as Fraser Foster was in proof that you should never settle for what you've got just because you think they're okay or they'll do as a squad player or they're good backup or such and such. My problem with Greg Taylor was never that I don't think he's a good player. I think he's all right. But my point all along was that I think Celtic are capable of going out and getting a better player than Greg Taylor in that position. And that's absolutely right. They could go out and get Laxalt. I know people take against loan signings for some reason, but I don't really care because... If Celtic can't afford a player like that full-time, it doesn't really matter. Just go out and get him anyway. What we need is the best players available to Celtic on the pitch that are attainable at all times. And Laxa proves that Celtic are capable of going out and doing that. Left-back might not have been a problem position, but the reason I bring up Fraser Foster is because that's what we thought the prior to him coming in. We thought, well, we're okay with Craig Gordon. We're okay with Scott Bain. We'll, we'll, we'll survive. But as soon as a guy like Fraser Foster comes in, you think, oh, well, that's what was available if you just go out and get it. If you just push the ball out and go and get a player like that, and I think that's exactly what Laxalt represents. You just go out and get a better player. And I don't see any of this to have a go at Greg Taylor. I'm just saying, look, this is kind of what I was angling at the whole time. You can just go out and get a guy like that. Just do it. I don't think there's any doubt that Laxalt's better than Greg Taylor, better than bowling goalie. You're like, you're like, you know. I, I hear you. I heard you. I heard you. La- I heard you laughing. There, it seems like a, such an obvious thing to say, but the no. improvements that he's made to this team already, particularly as you said, forming those partnerships with Elianusi, he's such an intelligent player. He's so see in some of the games when he's defending in this game in particular, he never commits one with the other. See when he's against two men, his positioning is always spot on. So he's never left hanging out to dry if the ball gets played through. He's always leaves himself enough space and enough yardage to catch up with him. I think he's a really, really, really tremendous fullback. And I think he could be the key to pushing the Celtic team on because we've said that if we get lack if we get a good will fullback on the left to complement Frimpong on the right, fixing that balance in the team that you're always talking about, Melly, this to, this team will really push on. Yeah, we've seen it at the start of the season when we were in the four two three one, and then when we went to the three five two. As soon as it goes out to the left hand side, it didn't work. Greg Taylor, he can't take on a man. He's not got that burst of pace. He put in the odd early cross, but he just didn't have it. And Neil Lennon tried to get Lax out last year. There was maybe people, myself included, worrying when he was three five two. Look, can he do it in a back four? Because you're a bit more forward thinking as a wing back. Is he going to be a good defender? His tackling, his positioning has all been spot on. There was some of those challenges where he just nicks the ball away, somebody goes to go past him. Nobody get nobody get past him and whipped in any balls. He was absolutely tremendous. I think there's more to come from him going forward, to be honest. I think he's looked solid at the back. 
He's tackling his positioning, as you says. Doesn't let a guy go past him. But I think he's going to—he's only going to get fitter, in my opinion. So if he can get forward more and give us more what Kieran Tierney done, we could be looking at the the perfect left back for this team. Because as I've been saying, I, I don't want to keep repeating it. All Celtic have really lacked is a bit of balance and confidence. The team's there, the players are there. We just haven't had everybody available, and there's no coincidence we're starting to look better when we get the better players available now. Well, Lex, much like with Frimpong on the other side, it's a, a comparison that keeps coming up. I've already given Frimpong credit for being able to get out of the box for Celtic and get up the pitch a bit. But likewise on the other side, see if you've got a guy who just, for absolutely nothing, will he let anyone past him on that left-hand side. Particularly, as I've already described, Celtic are really under the cosh towards the end of the game. Particularly after Ayer was unfortunately forced off with an injury as well. Celtic are really up against it. And I'm thinking, right, this could be anything from Leo. But if you've got a guy like that who is absolutely determined to let nothing pass them whatsoever. Yeah, I mean... To, he was what, determined. He was, an, he was yeah. a hellacious nightmare for those players. Yeah. When Lysalt came to the club, we expected him to be this... Yeah, you know, a bit of a dribbler, quite quick and get he's likely to get forward. I really wasn't expecting him to be as effective defensively as he's shown to be. And particularly in this game against good opposition, let's not make any mistake about that. That mm. they're a good team, Leo. Then it goes back again to what I was talking about with the how the, the final result, if you just read the goals and when they were scored, doesn't tell the full story of it. Leo are a great team. Like just just now, I know they're not like a major European club, but they're a team who are undefeated in a major league and there isn't a game this season in which they've failed to score. So to keep them at bay for the length of time after the, the equaliser was in no small part down to Laxalt's performance. He was, a, he was an absolute monster. You look at him and you think like he's a bit of a thin guy. He's, he came with the glasses and the braids and you think, what is this we're dealing with here? Is this like a flair player? Is this guy going, going to be a luxury player? You just look at him on the... On the, the speckiest left back ever, or possibly even speckiest fullback. He's our speckiest. He's the speckiest player ever. Maybe oh, Harold Brackback was speckie. Wasn't he? Harold Brackback's very speckie. He wasn't as speckie yeah. as Laxalt. Laxalt <laughs> is speckie. He is. He, he's speckie, but he, one of his main attributes is tenacity. Like, yeah, he can win these tackles, but he's he's pressing, he's harrying the whole time. He doesn't give them a chance. Sometimes he's pressing so much. I'm like, oh, simmer down, son. Simmer down. That's plenty. But him and uh, Elianusi down that left hand side, they work so hard. Not many teams are going to get much change out of them. They're harrying. They're constantly harassing. It's it looking great. So if Celtic can keep the two of them fit, keep this formation, it's it's another weapon in the armoury for us there was a joke running on this podcast so listeners used to tweet us in and talk about what, the portion of the podcast where we got to talk about Scott Brown we would call it a uh, brown town uh, have, uh, have you noticed I don't know if Andy's noticed that I've certainly noticed that all that talk about Scott Brown has kind of dissipated now there is there is no Scott Brown section on this podcast um, in particular I thought he was really good against Leon I thought he was really good against Aberdeen however if you can find something that means town that rhymes with Duffy then we, we can certainly have that bit in because it's time Duff to talk stuff. about Duff stuff. It's, duff it's, stuff. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> it's time to talk some duff stuff. Shane Duffy, again, I think his, his improvement was shown in the Aberdeen game, but there's no doubt about it that he was a bit flustered at times in this Leo game, a bit panicked. He gave away a penalty. Less than vintage stuff. Yeah, it was uh, the usual Celtic in Europe. Just get through the first 10 minutes. We've done that. We've got a 2-0 lead and I'm just looking at the clock five minutes to half time. Get it to half time do anything, just get to half time. And it was a simple ball through. All he has to do is stand him up, allow Aya to get back round because Aya was the defender in front of him. And he just makes this rash challenge. It was just a bit dense from him. There's no need for it. It's a mistake he doesn't make if he's feeling confident, if he's not had the scrutiny he's had recently. But I think he's just trying to maybe impressed too much yeah. he just didn't need to make the challenge it was silly I think it was marginally outside the box but it was definitely a foul it was just it was so needless and it allowed them to get back into the game but luckily for us they didn't I think Duffy's going to be fine honestly I think Duffy's going to be fine I think he's going to be I think Duffy's got a bit of a scatterbrained approach to his time at Celtic I think judging on what Neil Lennon says I think it's been re I think the team have struggled with the stop start of it of everything yeah. I think Duffy's maybe struggling with the focus on his game I think he may be underestimated what he was walking into a wee bit I don't so much think that he's come up here and we've been sold a dud for example I don't think he's no. he's an absolute donkey that we've had a look at and thought he was a good player I just think he's struggling to adapt a wee bit at Celtic but 
when you struggle to adapt, Stephen, you just want to be concentrating the basics. Do, do the yeah, simple absolutely. stuff. Bring it back a wee bit, man, and just concentrating the the basics. Head it away, kick it away, put it in the rosette. You know that sort of stuff. Just ease up. The right decisions ultimately is what he needs to be making. Rather do more than, things right. Would yeah, that be your, things, would that be your pep things. talk to Duffy? Shane Duffy? Be good at do it better. Yeah. <laughs> well, what we said all along about Duffy was that forget all the our Premier League defender, international this, forget all that sort of stuff. You strip all that away. What you, you're left with is a footballer who deserves and needs the same settling in period that everyone else does. Now, not everyone settles in the same way. Look at Laxalt. He's come in and looks like he's been here for years, right? And that's fine. Other people take two seasons to settle in and play the way they can. Duffy deserves that, deserves a bedding in period. But what I would say about Duffy is that it's kind of running out now. We need to need him to get his head in the game and, and focus and make the right decisions because... Do you think there's a bit of luck involved in Duffy though? Because there's Ayer got an injury in that game there um, and, and Bitton had to come in for the Aberdeen game. Do you, would you think that if it hadn't been for Ayer's injury, we could have been looking at a back partnership of Ayer and Bitton in the Aberdeen game? Do you think Duffy's at that stage where maybe... Oh, the good old he's, Champions League qualifying pairing in there. It's going to be... Couple do you of think games maybe it's going to be Ambrose and O'Connell again? <laughs> <laughs> but what I'm saying is, Stephen, do you think it was getting to the point, or it is getting to the point with Duffy that maybe he needs a, a, a couple of games out of the team just to refine his form and calm down a bit? But unfortunately, the way the injuries have fallen, we can't do that. Yeah, I probably. I think I, I agree with both of those things that it probably did need a, like a wee break, maybe an international break will help him out coming up. But it, what we've seen with the Aberdeen game is that he, he looks a little bit better already. What I mainly think about Duffy is that I've, I've we've been down the roads of talking about his defensive partners, his, his style of play. We wondered if Celtic have brought in a player that is wholly unsuited to the way Celtic play and, and being a possession-based team, a team that's on the front foot all the time, maybe he's just unsuited to it all. But to be honest, those are kind of looking like excuses just now because what happens is he keeps just making the wrong decision. And I'm not saying he's a bad player. What, what I think he is, is trying too hard and... He's doing the defensive version of what we've seen strikers do before, where they come into the team and they're just shooting for everywhere. They're trying desperately to score to mm. get their get their name yeah. out there and establish themselves in the team. I think Duffy might just be doing that at the back. He's getting himself into less than favourable scenarios where he's having to make poor challenges, such as against Leo. He's making the he's making the wrong decisions at times, and I think he needs to be allowed to set himself into the team. But also, we kind of need we kind of need him for him to turn up now. If you know what I mean, like this is this is long enough. He's maybe had 10, 12 appearances for Celtic now. We kind of need him to settle in because not because we're being harsh on him, but because we need him. We need him to defend better than he is. Yeah, what Stephen's saying is right. Look, Duffy's not been good enough. We we brought this guy. We expect him just to come in like lax out and just settle in. He maybe did that at the start with a good few with the four clean sheets before the Rangers game. So, but he hasn't been good enough recently. I really hope that that moment where he gives away the penalty and Scott Bain saves it was the turning point from him because if they had scored that he maybe could have crumbled but even with the save it maybe, maybe gives the team a lift and also gives him a lift and seeing the second half I thought he settled down and I thought he was great he was just doing the basics and getting everything done right there are good few clearances and it sort of went into the Aberdeen game where I thought he looked a lot more confident just done the basics and looked a lot better so hopefully that wee penalty save Maybe spurs him on now. What did you make of Scott Bain and go? Because was, it, I, I feel like Scott Bain's getting a lot more opportunities to make saves than Barkas is. Yeah. And because he's making those saves, people are going, oh, he's a better player than Barkas. And I'm thinking to myself, uh, I, I'm, not, I'm not so sure. One thing I've, I think Scott Bain brings to the team is he's, he's more vocal than Barkas. He's definitely more vocal than Barkas. I think he brings a wee bit of organisation to the back that wasn't there before. Again, coming back around this thing, confidence. I think Barkas is maybe just struggling for a bit of confidence. I don't know if he can speak English. I think he does. Um, but I'm hesitant at this point to reach back into Celtic history and pull Scott Bain to the forefront mm. and say that he's a better player than Vasilis Barkas, Melly. Yeah, look, Barkas took a lot of stick for conceding two goals against Rangers and three against AC Milan. I'd say maybe one of them was his fault. Scott Baines came in in two games, prior in the Leo game and the Aberdeen away game, conceded five goals and managed to get praise out of it because he's made a save. <laughs> As you say, Jamie, it just seems he's had the opportunity to make saves where Barkas didn't. And I don't. I still think Barkas will turn out to be the better keeper, Scott Bain. Maybe at fault for one of the Aberdeen goals. I thought he was pretty poor on that and he didn't even move for the penalty. But 
comes into this game, makes a penalty save, and everybody's saying, oh, well, maybe Scott Bain's the man. He's just maybe got a wee bit luckier, but I still think Barkas, long-term, will be Celtic's goalkeeper. I think on Bain, this is a game, another example of a game in which everybody got to do their stuff a bit. El Yunusi got to do his stuff. Uh, Shane Duffy got to do some Duff stuff, and Scott Bain certainly got to do his stuff as well. Saved a penalty, made a couple of other impressive one-handed saves, and the also kick one was a bit of a camera save on it. Ah, uh, true. But also made a complete ass of a oh, deep yes. ball. Is spilled it, Horlicks. and then Leo, Leo, yeah, yes, he made a horlicks of a deep ball into the box where Leo hit the bar from. So I think we got to see all of the Scott Bain repertoire in this game as well. But in fairness, I don't think he. A lot has been made about the, the goal that he conceded that he's near post. I think that's quite harsh because it's at point blank range and basically just kind of went through him. I, I don't think it's I don't think it's fair to criticize him too much for that. He could have spread himself and, and blocked it, of course, but the recent run of form hasn't really changed my mind on what I think about Scott Bain. I think he's just a decent keeper. I don't mean to sound like I'm having a go at him here. I just think he's a, an okay, okay to decent goalkeeper. Yeah, he's beaten it, he's near post, but just because you're beating it you're in their post doesn't make it a goalkeeper's fault. It's yeah. it's a flick on from the corner for their first goal and it's, it's Ryan Christie lets his man go. If he doesn't do that, if he's concentrating instead of watching the ball, that opportunity doesn't arise and Celtic can hold on a bit longer. It was a goal that you're just trying to... You always like to get those 10 minutes after half-time without conceding because then you know... Look, we've got a two-goal lead going into the last what half hour. Can we hold on to that? But if you concede that that goal within the first ten to fifteen minutes of the second half, it gives the other team something to something to really go at you. And a team of Leo's quality are always going to come at you. And it was just it was disappointing for Celtic to concede from a set piece of all things because all he had to do with Christie was mark his man and not let him run off from behind him, and the chance doesn't come about. But it lets them back into the game after that, so it was disappointing. You know, Lille eventually equalising the game, getting themselves a point out of it. Um, the second goal, again, I didn't think it was much of Celtic's fault. They could have maybe defended earlier a wee bit better, but there's a bit of a scramble in the box, Melly. The ball ends up in the back of the net. Yeah, a couple of deflections, a couple of block crosses. Just It just didn't go for Celtic. And at the time of the goal, he just felt, oh, this was coming. Yeah, yeah. Two each probably was a fair result at that time. And Celtic were sort of looking tired, but. Tiring. Yeah, to be fair to them, we sort of changed it up, brought on some subs, changed the shape a wee bit and we got a bit more solid because it was a tough game and after that, Leo sort of gassed out as well. So there was a few questions over Celtic's fitness but I felt the same about Leo. They were pounding us for, from the second half up to about the 70th minute and then they started to fall out it and it sort of evened out. So uh, it was one of those games where you think, look, 2-2, it's a fair result in the end and Celtic would have taken it before but just the way it panned out, we could have done a wee bit better. But as I've said, that, that was a really good team as well. Selick can see the goal by Selick in the 67th minute. Yes. Slap oh, in the face, that, in it? Selleck, Absolutely in it. disgrace. So that's us. Our first points in the Europa League. Um, we've got a couple of home games. Can I get now? Can I get granny? We're not out of it. We'll off get, the mark. We've got Prague coming up, a couple of home games. You know, Celtic, I said before the game that the Europa League was a bit of a distraction for me. Um, I, I thought Celtic maybe do without it in their current form. How wrong was that? Because yeah. it just showed you, you know, a good performance leads Again, to another good yeah. performance, leads to another good performance. Doesn't it matter Changes your mind. Yeah, it's, it's it's amazing how quickly your mind can be changed if you just see a little bit of positivity from your team. And that's exactly what we got. Suddenly we've all got a, a sunnier disposition going into more European games where you think, well, uh, going into these groups, you always... You've always got your eye on the the third best opposition, thinking right. If we can take six points off them, if we can get an away draw, if we, you know, and one of those has happened now. So every every reason to believe that uh, there's all to play for in this group. And no, even for that, Stephen, from Celtic's point of view, you know what? I don't know why I would view the Europa League a distraction because there's no doubt that the good performance of the Europa League brings the morale up, brings the confidence yeah, yeah, up, course. gives them something to build on. And they went into the Aberdeen game after having played Aberdeen recently and. We were much better than Aberdeen. Absolutely much. Not if you listen to Derek McInnes though. He thought the Aberdeen were the better team and they should have got something. Unfortunately for the boss, he was haunted by the ghost of Tom Rogic on this occasion. Okay, terrific joke wasted on you guys, but the Bruce Springsteen fans amongst us well, underst well understand The boss? It. The oh, boss. Uh, I've seen him live. Is this mic on? Still went off my head. <laughs> 
the talk of the town, the talk of this game, rather, has to be Tom Rogic. Um, I did a video for the patrons where I ranked the Celtic team on one of these tier list makers. You might be familiar with it. I picked the elite members of the team, the good members of the team that will contribute, the mostly subs and the do-nothings. And to my shame, well, not to my shame, actually, uh, I put Tom Rogic... Yeah, I put Tom Rogic as a mostly sub. Not my fault. Tom Rogic hasn't completed. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. 30 games for season since 2015. He's not completed 30 games a season for us since 2015. Mm. Got on five years. So when I thought Tom Rogic was going to mostly be a sub, you can't really blame me. He looked like a player that was out of the club. He was on his way to Qatar. Um, but as you said, you almost have forgot. Stephen, this is a reminder, Melly, Stephen, for anyone, including Derek McInnes and Aberdeen, of how good a player we have here. We all know the qualities of Tom Rogic and he comes in and he does it again. The guy's a touch of class and we go into this game against Aberdeen Oh, we'll just bring in Rogic, we'll just bring in Odson Edward. No wonder Derek McInnes got it wrong when you're bringing in players like that. Why I was so confident going into this Aberdeen game was one of the reasons was Tom Rogic in there because he just gives us so much. He's so creative, he can do that, get the ball in the half turn, get it out wide. And when mm-hmm. I seen the front four, the three behind Edward and Christie, Rogic and El Yunusi behind Edward, I thought, look, there's goals in there and if they're not scoring, they're going to set each other up. And that's exactly what Tam Rogic does. Set up two goals, canter. Even previously against Aberdeen, very recently, set up a couple of goals without really doing much in the game. <laughs> yeah. So, it, it, you know, I mean, they must have, I, I think you said on the reaction podcast, Jamie, they must have nightmares about Tom Rogic, and I think that's absolutely true. I'm so glad we're getting this opportunity to talk about Tom Rogic in these terms again, because I think the last time we spoke about him at any great length was when we. He'd been heavily speculated as moving to Qatar, and I spoke about how... Oh, you wrote his obituary, didn't you? I basically did, yeah. I, but I, I, I spoke about how how I was kind of resigned to him leaving because it was widespread rumour at the time that he was all but out the door going to Qatar. So I'd come to terms with him leaving, but I just thought, not like this. Not like this, Tom. <laughs> not to Qatar. Don't, don't leave me all the way to Qatar because I'll never see you again. I'm never going to keep up with Qatari football. So I'm so glad that he's back and doing what we all know he can do. The 
the most heroic Australian since that Democracy Manifest guy <laughs> off the internet. <laughs> <laughs> a meal, a succulent Chinese meal. Is that how you're compared to Witness Tom Rogers? headlock today? here. I see you <laughs> you're you're judo. too well. <laughs> <laughs> For people who, who don't know what we're talking about, you have missed out the best guy on the internet. We don't have time to explain memes to you people. We're here to talk about self. We're here to talk about self. Do better. <laughs> <laughs> but there is no doubt, Stephen, that Tom Rogic's role in this game finding space in between the Aberdeen lines helped very much to the fact that Aberdeen wanted to go man for man for Celtic because Derek McInnes once again overestimated how good a team and how good a manager he is. Mm. That turn, he's one of the only players, Melly, that can do that on the half turn. That he's, He takes a ball into feet, turns in his face and go almost immediately and he's ready to play someone through and see when there's someone that quick in that role, it opens up so many opportunities for Celtic and not only that, I think the players love playing with Tom Rogic. Things yeah. are just starting to come together. That front four of Christie, Rodrigue, Elian Hussein, Edward would frighten the life out of any team, any team, uh, most teams, but uh, for the purposes of this exaggerated point, any team would be terrified looking at that lineup when they're on it. Yeah, there was a point in the, the very start of the game where the ball was played in him and he did that turn, as you say, and just ran at the defence. And I thought, oh, we could be onto one from Rogic the other day. As I said, this is why I wanted to play this formation. I think this is what suits the players. I think it's the formation that we can get many of our better players into. And Tom Rogic is one of them. He can sit in that number 10 and just dictate. If you get Christy out wide, El Yunusini's better position. It's more goals. And my problem with the 3-5-2 was I felt, yes, we had two strikers, but behind that, there wasn't many goal scorers. In this, mm. there's loads of goal scorers. And more importantly, what we've got is more creativity. And Tom Rogic is key to that alongside Christy and El Yunusi. And we've seen it with the two assists. The first one, he drifts out beside Christy, gives Christy the ball. And as you said, Jamie, Aberdeen's man-marking thing. Once that breaks down, one player lets his man go in Christy and he's got a free shot and goal. Now, it's a tough shot like El Yunusi's, but when you've got the quality of Christy or El Yunusi and you can bend it into the back of the net, oh, tremendous, another tremendous goal. And it's just a, another one like, getting your good players on the pitch, getting them playing, bit of confidence as well. Does Ryan Christie, well, maybe Ryan Christie's a bad example, does he take that shot on a couple of weeks ago after a defeat? Does Elianusi take that shot on a couple of weeks ago? You just need something to go in and when that Elianusi goal went in against Lille, everything changed for Celtic. Now we're taking on these shots, we're taking on men and it's Trying coming off. Passes. It is, it's starting to come out and I watched the Celtic unique angle thing oh. on, on Celtic TV for Ryan Christie's goal. It's porn. They shouldn't, show, <laughs> they shouldn't be showing that on the Celtic Twitter account. It's absolute filth. That Ryan Christie goal. What was your favourite, Ryan Christie or Elian Ussie? What was your favourite goal? Inappropriate material on Twitter, was it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to make you speak though. What was, the what was your favourite? Elian Ussie. Elian Ussie, was it? Elian Ussie, yeah, well... I'm not going to argue too strongly against it, but I would probably go for Christie just because of what I said earlier, because the keeper was at full stretch and couldn't get near it, whereas that pathetic slug for Leo just uh, just let it go in uh, and pretended he couldn't get to it. So, yeah, I'll, I'll go for Christie purely on that basis. I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to go for Christie as well. Over more than you say in the Leo game, I'm going to go for Christie. It was in it the rain. Nice seen it hit the back of the net with the rain and all that. Aye, just oh. the, 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 the aesthetic of it was much better. Plus... I, I just I love I've said it before I love Ryan Christie as a player he's he's one of the players that's capable of doing that in the Celtic team and, and we as you said Melly we need more of that we need more of the players trying to make things happen and taking those shots on well continuing the Tom Rogic theme the loving for oh, the, yeah. the Wizard of Oz his contribution for the second goal El Yunusi's tapping uh, was was obviously telling but see if you watch that back Tom Rogic has played so wide in that move where he chases it down what you would expect a normal player to do is just clip that off a defender and win a corner. Uh, that, that's all he needed to do there. Yeah, that's all he had to do there, right? And Not Rogic Land. Well, exactly. You would have been like, yes, well done, Rogic. You chased that down, chased in a lost cause and won a corner. But he's thinking to himself, no, wait a minute, we're pish at corners, so what I'm going to do is just, <laughs> hang it, just hang it in the goal line and somebody could knock it in. Is that cool? Everybody, everybody on board of that instead of the corner? Yeah, fine, I'll do that then. So, aye, th what a great decision. And to be able to clip it and just hang it, as I say, hang the ball on the goal line from that position is absolutely magical from him. Is this Celtic's best 11? Ooh, that's, that's a tough question. Uh, that's why I'm here. That's why I get paid the big bucks. That's aye. tough questions. Uh, that front four, oh, I've just mentioned how good Ayeti was in midweek in a, a different different game. Guys, different players can come in. But yes, yeah, it is. Mm. It is. 
It would is it? No, you're wrong. I know I asked the question, but you're wrong because what we need is we need Ayer in there somewhere. Mm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and I would still put Barkas in there. I would, let me just remind you of the conversation we had seven minutes ago about Barkas and Bain. Stephen, though, if <laughs> yeah. you got Barkas and Ayer into that team, would that be Celtic's best 11? See how I set Melly up there? Up an <laughs> absolute belter. <laughs> I would also make a play for the return of Ayer and Julian as a partnership because I think it is you know, kind of tried Ooh, and yeah. tested. Completely it's forgot been, about Julian. Not to say that Duffy can't break that up, not to say he can't establish himself because, you know, he, he, has, he hasn't been good enough recently. We've been over this to, tonight, but he can get better. He can possibly break that up. But what I would say is they have more of a, a proven history of being able to play well together. Um, and they, they were brilliant last season. So I'd probably have them as my, my first choice partnership just now. Listeners will be wondering, Jamie, why did you ask that question when the obvious answer was no? Well, I asked that question. <laughs> I, I, I asked that question to make this point. No matter what 10 you pick, they're obviously going to be improved with Nodson Edwards on the side. Because mm. that man looked really, really sharp. Yep, a couple of weeks out and he came in there, had a good chance quite early on where nah, maybe Odson Edward in a week or two buries that because he's just his first game back and all that. Well, first start back. But Again, I still thought the touch was there. The touch oh, was there. The, the touch holding was there. players off. The, the holding well, the ball up. All that seen sort of that stuff. In the into the second half, going towards the end, when you thought maybe he's run his race now, it's about time we take him off. And he keeps the ball up over three of them and just flicks it over him, flicks it over him, uh -huh. flicks it over him. The guy is is tremendous, and it's another one to add to the Arsenal. And it, we have all said, that don't say that, that Edward. You do not add him. To <laughs> Arsenal. That, that, yeah, that's, that's the last thing we need. <laughs> the Lucky last thing spine. anyone wants as we were saying look Celtic oh, didn't play well against Rangers well missing our main striker missing a Yeti there were so many players out then it was all a big Ferrari about how he's not playing well a couple of good performances and look at the options we've got now we've got Odds and Edwards starting with a Yeti starting during the week Lee Griffiths comes on Clamalas so far down the pecking order now whereas a couple of weeks ago we were bemoaning the squad another guy near Bitton strolls it but Edward, yeah. once he gets up to full speed, he'll be spanking in the goals again. He just, he'll just need that first goal. But he's all-round performance, much like a Yeti during the week. Top class. Just shows you the difference in perceptions with some players at times because because of how Duffy's been playing. Beaton came in and played very well, but he had one big howler where he basically Boy. just passed. He just set an Aberdeen player straight mm -hmm. in. Probably should have done better with it. If Duffy had done that, we'd have been oh, absolutely can't. screaming about it. <laughs> we'd have been burning, burning the house down about it. Uh, on Aberdeen, they were fairly pathetically Aberdeen at the, at the end lucky. of the day. They, they started okay. They should have scored, but the, it was Hedges, who I thought was okay in the, the league game against Celtic had that chance where he was set through by an absolutely brilliant ball and he just bottled it. He just cut back in his left foot and the chance was gone and that really was all they created the entire game from memory. After the tough game Celtic had in Lille and it was tough, look at the second half, we thought, oh, Celtic are sort of flagging a bit here. We're looking tired. Surely going into that game, McKinnis should have done exactly what he'd done last week. Sit in and be very, very difficult for Celtic to break down because in that first half uh, last Sunday against Aberdeen in the league game, Aberdeen didn't have many chances, but they got that penalty just before half-time, out of nothing really. But they were so compact and hard to break down, it didn't look Celtic, like Celtic were getting anywhere, despite playing pretty well. Whereas in this game, he brought back in Cosgrove and sort of went for it a bit more. If you're a manager, seeing a team play on Thursday when you've had a full rest, a tough game on Thursday, surely you'd just make it difficult for them, especially in those conditions at Hamden. It was a horrible day, but McInnes went out and just done his usual at hand and kicked the bed a bit again try to go at Celtic and we picked them off early on and it was game set match Celtic started off quickly and they were able to tear them apart whereas if he did just sat in soaked it up a bit more he could have got, got it going and then got in at the second half made it difficult for Celtic and they retired but he, he handed it straight to Celtic in the plate and we were happy to receive it because Aberdeen were absolutely toilet on that on the day <laughs> um, and one, one player in particular who infuriates the life out of me is Lewis Ferguson decent, decent enough wee player but I'm honestly he's such a little rat he's one of these players who simultaneously hacks and throws himself to the ground at every opportunity mm, yeah. and this is probably my second time saying this because it's the second time he was doing it and I, I thought the referee in the game bought again bought everything that Aberdeen every time an Aberdeen player hit the deck regardless of whose fault it was the referee was blown for it it was Colin wasn't it 
It was Don Robertson. Don Robertson. It was Don Robertson. You're quite right. The, the booking on Lax Out was ridiculous. The the guy who kicked Duffy and got a free kick awarded for kicking it's Duffy. Hard, yeah. And the, absolutely was it Christy that got thrown down towards the end? There was the one in Aigeti as well where he got absolutely poleaxed. It was, it was chaos. And, and it's Derek McInnes that sets sets his team out to do this. And that's why I say respect the tan, not the man when it comes to <laughs> Derek McInnes. That, 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 that's what you. That's that's the yeah. way I approach Derek McInnes. But look, Celtic have found themselves on the way, Stephen, to another cup final for a quadruple treble. <laughs> There's, you know, there was it's talk about, now, isn't it? It's, it's, it's fairly silly now, isn't it? Quadruple it was that thirty-five, treble, right? thirty-five cup matches in a row or something. Celtic have won. There was talk before the game. The BBC had an article out that got a lot of attention. Do Celtic fans really care about last season's treble? I care about it. Yep. I certainly care about it. I want Celtic to win as many trophies as we can get our grubby little paws on. Um, <laughs> grasping and, little grasping and, little paws, yeah. And, and you'll bet your bottom dollar that Neil Lennon wants his chubby little fingers on that trophy <laughs> because he is, if he wins this one, this season, last season, whenever it is, that'll be a treble for him. It's, and that'll yeah. put him in with Brendan Rodgers, Martin O'Neill, Jockstein as a bona fide on his own, standing on his to- two feet, a treble winning Celtic manager. This is an He's, important thing to, for us, isn't it? His snooze-stained, chubby little digits, his pink yeah. little digits won that trophy. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just garbage from the the lamestream media, as you as you called it earlier. Uh, of course, it's important to to get as many trophies as you possibly can. It's ridiculous to claim otherwise. No one is getting bored of it. I mean, that's that's just projection. No one from this side of the fence ever says that. No one ever says I'm bored of winning trophies. People just assume from the other side of the fence, oh, you must be bored of winning trophies. No, I can assure you, we're not. On the cup run itself, it's something we do probably at least once a season where you you have to allow yourself the opportunity to look back on what an astonishing achievement that is yeah. to have won all those cup games and I'm leaving aside the leagues because the leagues are a very different animal from the cup what makes cups so special and so appealing to, to fans what makes the FA Cup so big down in England still it's still an enduring trophy down there is the the idea the possibility that anything could happen there could be an upset along the line and that has never once happened to Celtic in all of Alawa. this time. Was it Alawa? Uh, yeah. Is it Al- and Deferland? Deferland. Deferland was a draw, wasn't it? Yeah, but Aye. those are the toughest but, games we've had. <laughs> there hasn't been so much as a, even close to a giant killing along the way, or even played tough games in there as well. Played against Rangers, played against Aberdeen several times, played against Hearts, Motherwell, Motherwell when they were good, and no one's beaten Celtic, and that's incredible, absolutely incredible. When you think. All those cliches about how, aye, but they're one-off games, anything could happen, you know, like the conditions could play their part. Celtic have played in it all and won them all in the last four seasons, and that is astonishing. Mm, Stephen, I'll have to remind you of last December, that League Cup final, Rangers were the better team, mate. Oh, well, it says that, 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 says that on the trophy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so on, the, on the Scottish Cup, it says winners, Celtic, at Strits, but Rangers are really, really good that day. <laughs> And that teases up nicely for a final against Hearts who managed to get through against Hibs because Hibs basically Hibs did. Um, Robbie Nielsen's Hearts a day before my birthday, 20th of December. So now all the listeners know there's no excuse for me not to get presents and cards. Um, And that's what it'll take for Celtic to complete the quadruple treble. Up next for Celtic, Motherwell in the league, Sparta Prague in Europe. A couple of weeks ago, we read out Neil Lennon's fixture list. We pointed out all the tough games he had coming up. We thought this was ominous. So far, it's been okay. We need to get back to winning ways in the league. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Positive result against Sparta Prague can put us in fairly decent stead to progress in Europe and, and things start looking up a wee bit. And we'll be covering all these games over on our Patreon with preview shows, reaction podcasts, scouting and blogs. We do an awful lot over there. It's well worth checking out. Patreon.com slash 20 Minute Tims if you've not done that already. Now, every week we pick a winner of our favourite review on iTunes or Podcast Addict you go on there leave us a five star review we pick our favourites and we send you a 20 minute Tim's gold badge Stephen who's this week's winner? several entries this week all all very impressive some too long to read out but if I may be so bold two have stood out for me today again I'll be in touch and send you a badge but two deserve read out today and what is absolutely crucial here is that they have included a way in which we can contact them you have to include your Twitter name or something so we can get a hold of you. 
don't get me wrong, we appreciate the reviews anyway. It all goes towards you know helping us out massively. So thank you we're for trying to hit a thousand. Part. That's the big yes, target. Exactly. Yeah. So the Wall Show was in there, and he said, "Since listening to the Duffluck podcast, I have used that Ace Ventura two reference three times in a work situation. I'm definitely going to use it more. Good work, lads." Walsh. <laughs> so hey, for we're providing anyone who didn't a service, Duffluck, yeah. Stephen, you might have to remind them of what your Ace Ventura reference was. What was it? I think I just said he much better fighter than you when yes. um, when referencing Leal. Yes, sometimes that's just the case. And also Dan Tosney was in saying, top notch lads, especially because when I'm listening to these, my wife thinks I'm on a Zoom call, so leaves me in peace. I oh, the old ball and chain. Her indoors. I fear I'm going to have to need to start sneakily pausing and interjecting with my own opinions to keep up the illusion though. Cheers, Dan Tosney. <laughs> so those are the two two best ones this week. I was going to make porn noises there. Sophie's listening to this on a Zoom call. <laughs> anyway, on that bombshell, I will refrain from making porn noises because that's weird. On that bombshell, we shall wrap up this episode of 20 Minute Tims. I just want to say thanks so much to you guys. Thanks to everyone who leaves us reviews and tweets us and retweets the podcast. We do mean it when we say support fan media, whether it's a yes. retweet or telling your friends or interacting with us on Twitter or promote it. Support fan media. Say goodbye, Stephen. Goodbye, folks. And say goodbye, Melly. Goodbye. Thanks for listening. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com.